I have a question for you, Bart. Are you ready? Well, before you ask that question, let me just tell people what you just did. Just before we started recording, Pia said, be prepared for a question. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't say which question, so I'm not sure how I can prepare for a question, but yes, go ahead. <laughs> no, I guess I'm telling you, be present and be alert. A question is coming your way. Um, when you hear the word culture, what comes to mind? Culture is how we do things here. So we might be a team or an organization or a country or department. How we do things here, what is important to us, uh, what do we believe in, what do we like to say about ourselves, those type of things. So I'll give you a really, really nice example. I work with a client now and they have a, uh, a policy of hiring no, no assholes. And they know exactly what that means, right? That's a cultural statement. We don't hire assholes. Or actually it is, we don't hire smart assholes. There's something about that that is saying something about the culture at that company. So you're now diving straight into culture in the corporate world. There's also culture as in, you know, the, the wider expression of culture and humanity. <clears throat> you think about when you go to a new city and you say, oh, I'm going to have some cultural experiences here. What is it that we normally do? We go perhaps to, to look at the landmarks of that city. We uh, go to museums to perhaps look at art. Mm. We try the, uh, the food, the mm. local food. And we want to interact with people, with locals, to have a cultural experience. It's funny you say that, because when I read about culture in the newspaper, it's about that. It's about museums and about theater, and it's about art galleries. And that's exactly what I don't, well, I don't mean that by culture, right? So I, I, that's not what comes to mind when I think about culture, because I, I think about what I work with, which is culture primarily in the corporate world, but it could be in teams and it could also be in families or in countries, but I'm still thinking about values, belief, what's important, how do we do things here? How do we, how do we like to behave here? What do we do and what do we don't do? And I'm not thinking about perhaps the more common and more mainstream definition of culture, which is more about art and perhaps uh, art and entertainment. The, the, I guess, thinking about it now, I'm normally in your camp, you see, so I don't know why this came to me. But if you look at it from a time perspective or timeline, it's the same thing. It's just that it's a very short time span when we talk about the corporate world, I think. Whereas when we talk about the culture in, a, let's say, in a, in, in a country, we have so much history. But, but having, having said that, there is something to say about the DNA of a company as well. And both you and me work with um, entrepreneurs, entrepreneurial companies where the owners or the founders are very often still around. So they have a direct impact on the culture, the way the culture is today, because they are very much living that culture because it, it's very personal to them. 
if you take a, a company where that's not the case, take a listed company where it has been around for you know hundreds of years, you can see how the culture, of course, there is a there is a way of this is how we do things here. But of course, it also has changed many times because the culture is nothing but the accumulated personal values of the people who's around at that point in time and the founder or the um, the originators of the company are probably not. So how good are you at transferring that culture and also allowing the culture to change so that you don't become static, which I think is really interesting, especially now when everything's moving so fast. So, so you value the right things. So you keep the right things and allow the company or, or the, um, the business to also grow and adapt mm. to the agile. Mm. So if you go to a museum, of course, you expect to see the, the artwork from a certain period of time because that's what's being exposed. If you come to a company and all that history is still around, it's about using it in the right way and allowing time to have its uh, impact, I suppose. Yeah, I, this, this point of the... Um... The, f the original founder still being around at a uh, at a at a company I think is really interesting and you, you know we've talked quite a bit about it over the last few months because we both work with some clients where that, that is the case um, in fact most clients uh, that's the case actually and um, I think there is a really important connection between leadership and culture and it's it's even more obvious when the founder you're still in charge of the company, but whether they are aware of that, that's quite, that's quite a second matter. So the first, the first thing is there is a huge impact of the founder on the culture, right? Especially if the founder is still around, but are they aware of that impact? You know, are they aware of the leadership they're showing and what the impact of that leadership is on the culture? And I think that is, I mean, that's super interesting question to work with, with when, when, when coaching founder founder CEO types. And then looking at um, looking at the different circles of influence, if that's, yeah, I suppose you can say that. But if you have a founder in the middle and then you have a close circle around the founder, the people who work closest to the founder, and then you have circles, uh, you know, the next level of circles, which is, you know, perhaps your business unit leaders. And then you have another circle outside of them. So you see, the, the further away you get from the core, the less impact possibly the founder has on the culture. So you have subcultures mm. also. So if I take an example <clears throat> of a company I work with, very, very fast growing company, global company, will be global company, but it's originating in a, in a European country. People joining in some countries will never ever have explored the culture where the founders are. So they make up their own interpretation of what that might mean from where they are. And they're combining a country culture with a perceived uh, corporate culture with the uh, experience they have with the people that they have met live or virtually for that sense. Yeah. And, and that's the cocktail of the culture that they then start in that business unit, in that country, in that city. Yeah, and it's super interesting, right? When you are that European country or that that company that started in a European country, and then you are, there's a, a massive growth and international expansion to quite a few other countries, and and the obvious 
very often the next step is going into the US market, which means that there will be a meeting of a this specific European country culture or the corporate culture in that company, which is often a representation of that country's culture with US culture. And obviously it depends on which country it is, but that's always very, very interesting because I think European countries culture and corporate culture in European countries is often, uh, is often very different from US culture. So in that inter in international expansion, globalization of a company, the, the meeting of, of cultures and how much of the, you know, whatever that country is culture, do you want to still be there also in the US or in Russia or in Singapore or wherever you go to? I, I think this is fascinating stuff. And, and I think the more these companies think about this and are really aware of it and have really meaningful discussions about these type of things, the better, because culture, as, you know, as we always say, it's, culture happens anyway, whether you're, whether you're aware of it or not. It's just making it more explicit and making it something that we can really address and talk about is i guess what we do so that we can deal with you know so we 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 ensure that the best bits of this european country and the best bits of the us culture end up in the in the culture in the organization still giving that there will be subcultures as well in different countries sometimes uh well on the podcast sometimes was couple of years back when we talked about personal values um but but sometimes we when we talk about personal values we say that you know the more authentic you can be in any setting you're in uh, the more sustainable your life is so you basically if you know your values you live your values so the behaviors you you express are a function of of your values that you're aware of the more authentic you are and the more sustainable life you have and also your happiness level will increase your well-being is higher so so thinking about what you're saying i mean if you're born in a country you you have that heritage from either you're conscious about it you're, you're unconscious about it but it's in you for sure and if you were not allowed to take that to work if you sort of imposed uh, a country's culture in your corporate values because the company was founded in a certain country, you're basically telling people to not be authentic at work if you work from another country. Unless authenticity is part of the culture. <laughs> mm. yeah. So, you know, we, we, we find it really important that people can be authentic here in the workplace. That is, that is a cultural statement, mm. right? So, so uh, be yourself, operate from, from your core is a cultural statement. I think this is a really important aspect. I came back from uh, spending a few days with a company uh, or a group of companies, so the, the owner company of a group of companies, and talking about basically maximizing a team's high-performing teams. And a high-performing teams allow everybody to work at their strengths. And, and for you to do that, I believe authenticity is, is really important so that you, you are allowed to bring your strengths to work and there is a place for all your strengths to well, 80, 20, right? There's never hundred um, percent efficiency in that sense. I don't think, I think it's impossible in terms of timing and uh, everything else that needs to, to, to fit. But to, to look at why is authenticity important? If you look at, 
corporate, uh, the corporates that we work with, maximizing profit is, is always there because that's how they're being run. That's part of their survival. So there's a real business case for having a culture where authenticity is part of it, allowing people to be themselves and to be really clear on what the culture is. People can make an active choice. Um, so if you don't, if you don't fe feel that you belong there, maybe there's a better place for you. Yeah. Yeah, it, re it, it, it reminds me of why I actually like doing this work, why this is important to me, this, this work that we do with, with um, organizational culture. Because it's, it's not that obvious to me, because I really like working with people. And the more I work with individuals, the better. So that's why coaching is my favorite sort of pastime, right? Passion. And culture consulting, working with cultures is, is much higher level in terms of it's working with the organizations, with a corporate culture. So it's more complex and it's not necessarily something that I would enjoy as much as coaching. So why do I do it? And that's, that's because the impact we can have through the work we do with culture is exactly about what you're saying. It's if people can be taking their personal values to work, the place that they spend a lot of time, right? They spend more time at work than any other place apart from their family, perhaps. So if that place is more aligned with their personal values, they're going to show up so much happier at work, but also coming back from work and going back home. And so if we work with an organization with say 3000 employees and all those 3000 employees through the work we do, we have a little bit of impact on how they perceive their, their, their workplace and whether they can be authentic at work, then that's going to have a huge impact on their personal flourishing and their families and friends. And that's, I think, why I do this. And less so about organizational goals around profitability or revenue. It's not really why I do this type of work. I mean, it might be important to my clients, but for me, it's really about the people that work at the clients. If I look at um, this model that we use so often called Barrett Values, and I, I know that many people will have experienced Barrett Values through personal values assessment because that's what we talked about in the in 2019, <laughs> and and also many many of the people we talk to uh, know about this because we work so much with it. But looking at the different levels, and just a very very quick recap, it's very similar to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. For the first four levels and then there are another three levels four levels three levels right mm. uh, on top of that uh, which is is more about um developing the values together with others which to me is very much about culture so you you're moving outside of yourself to find communities and uh, settings where you together with others can make a bigger difference whatever wherever you are so for me culture is really about finding your tribes uh, in various parts and, and the company as you say we spend a lot of time working so having found your tribe in the corporate setting is really important if you have values around making a difference and um, basically serving so serving outside of your own personal ego serving a bigger purpose yeah, it's probably good if people listen to that 
that episode and personal values before they listen to this to remind themselves because we talk a lot about that in that in that episode if i remember correctly although it's a lot a little while ago <laughs> it is a while ago but i mean looking at um if you think about people here who might be managers leading teams or business units or perhaps even companies how do you work with culture in a structured efficient way yeah so the objective of the culture work is to have meaningful dialogue about culture that's the that's the key objective of this type of work so meaningful dialogue meaningful discussions because generally people have an idea of what culture might be about and that it's important but it's really difficult to have meaningful discussions unless you somehow make it more visible measure it so we first measure the culture and when i say measure the culture we we ask you know a, a a group of people it might be the whole company or it might be a team or whatever or a department and we ask them three questions what are your personal values how do you see the current culture and how would you like to see the the culture in the future and um and then we look at alignments and misalignments between those three and 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 you know we've got a few reports coming from that and we show that and we ask some questions around it and we facilitate a team offsite or a conference with the whole company around some of those questions and what that leads to is that people really get an insight into a really meaningful dialogue around culture and an insight into how people see it and then you might also end up with some changes you may want to make in the organization some remedial actions you might want to take if there's some issues and continuing dialogues at other levels in the organization so that's how i work with culture in a nutshell and and to add to that to making the links to strategy and business plans so to see that if if you're going to achieve certain kpis that you have everybody because that's what what companies focus on in the business plans this is how any action coming out from the culture discussions will have a positive impact on achieving those KPIs. So there's a direct link between the culture discussions mm. and yeah. any strategy, long-term, short-term goals, which I think is the beauty of this as well, that that connection is so clear. And usually when you and I have worked together on this, and when we know what the strategies are, which we normally do, it's it's quite um, obvious. It becomes really obvious to see why something will be harder or why something is already happening. Looking at the cultural discussions, yeah, and uh, and the importance of culture in uh, achieving your strategy. Right, if if the strategy is a PowerPoint presentation that was thought up by you know eight men in their fifties somewhere uh, sitting in a white tower somewhere in a capital. And um, and that PowerPoint gets sent to the divisions and the countries, and then you know, here you go. This is the strategy, and we leave it at that. Then we're very bound to not achieve that strategy. If we start working with culture and start to engage these teams all over the world, in some cases, in these um, strategic discussions, and also specifically talk about the culture that is needed to achieve this strategy, then we're much more likely to to achieve some of those strategic priorities that are thought up by that team of 
people sitting in some uh, board or some uh, high-level management team. So, so the measuring of culture, I think, is also a strength here because when we talk about KPIs and anything else going into business plans, we always have so many analysis and PL, and we have cash flow analysis, we have uh, investment uh, analysis, and so so many things to look at in in terms of having numbers. So, so what we can look at in these reports is also the type of values, the type of culture how people describe current culture and desired culture. And just to, re- to remind us, there is this concept about potentially limiting values. So if we look at a culture that is unhealthy, there are values usually represented that, that the organization would be helped by, by working with to extinguish. Mm. For example, hierarchies could be very good because they provide some structure and clarity, but if there's too much, maybe it's limiting mm. for, for the development and for, for the efficiency. Yeah. What else? Do you want to make a link, final link to uh, leadership? Is there anything here in terms of you know, culture and leadership? What would you think? Yeah, so we, I think we talked about it. So leadership is an essential part of... So as leaders, at whatever level those leaders are, we can have an impact on the culture. No, let me rephrase that. As leaders, whatever level we are, we have an impact on the culture, whether we like it or not. So uh, you better know what impact you have on the culture as a leader. And we do that by having conversations about it. So if we are having that impact as leaders through role modeling, for example, we better know what impact we have and ensure that we have the impact that we want to have. So we do the right things. We walk the talk. And I've seen some examples recently of leaders that do not walk the talk. And I can tell you that is not good for the culture, really. 